What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. It's the What's Good Podcast. What's Good Hey ladies and gents, this is your girl Brianna Javon and we are here for another episode of What's Good Podcast. I am excited for today. We do have a guest with us. Her name is Janelle. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you guys all know we do not have interviews. Instead, we have genuine conversations. So Janelle, are you ready to get started? I'm ready to do it. Let's go. All right. So we usually start off with our icebreaker. So your icebreaker today is, as a businesswoman, what do you do with your spare time? Ooh, well, I live in San Diego, California, so I love going to the beach as often as possible with my husband. And we have a little Australian shepherd puppy. Well, she's not a puppy anymore. She's like three, but you know, she's still a puppy in my heart. So we'll go to the beach, throw the ball around for her. Otherwise I love working out. I love journaling, reading books, watching TV to just like really relax, but I'm not like a huge TV person. It's like a once a week occasion. And I mean, I go to, I'm really involved in my church. So I do a lot of, I go to my church and we have a lot of, I'm involved in like, we have a business mastermind through my church. So I'm a leader within that. So I, I love being able to serve, serve people in that way. And that that's, I think that pretty much sums up my life right there. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I think that's a good segue. We can go ahead and get into the genuine conversation because you gave us a lot of layers of you. So let's really get into, I will start off who is the guest. So for you, who is Janelle? Who is Janelle? Well, you know, I, what I think of when I first hear that is like, I think of personality tests a lot of times. So I'm like, let's just talk about some of my personality types first. I love a Neogram. I'm an Enneagram eight. So the A is the challenger. Have you taken the Enneagram before? I have not. So I'm really tuning in to what does this Ooh. mean? <laughs> Okay. I will send you, I have a whole module on it that like helps you, you know, know where to take the test and then where to read more and then questions that are like good reflection questions. But what I love about Enneagram. So I like, I like Enneagram a lot. I like strength finders. I like 16 personalities, which is like Myers-Briggs. I recently took one. I can't remember what it's called, but I know it's like Jordan Peterson's. He has, it's like, I don't know. It's like agreeableness or I don't know, things like that in the personality test, but Enneagram is like the deepest of all of them. So they talk, it talks about like childhood wounds and it talks about like basically like your deepest desire and your core motives around why you do different things. And it's just deep. Like it's real. And it talks about like healthy levels of your personality versus unhealthy levels. So whereas like a lot of times when I read, you know, Myers-Briggs or something like that, I'm an ENFJ. So I read about that. And a lot of times you hear just like happy stuff that you like to hear about yourself, which is great. Obviously we, we want to learn about our strengths and all this happy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think about Enneagram, it's more like therapy personality tests because you're really digging deep and peeling back layers. And there's some things that you might not love reading about yourself as much, you know, it's not just like there to, to your horn and make you feel awesome. It's there to like, make you really introspective of like, why do I do some of the things I do? And I think that the personality test can be potentially dangerous at times because people use them as a crutch to be like, well, 
that's just the way that I am. You know, that's my personality type. And so I always like to look at personality types and personality tests and think of them through a growth mindset lens. So the example of that is for me being the Enneagram eight challenger, leaders are very self-confident. They're assertive. They're quick in making decisions and they like to challenge people. So like less agree, they're less agreeable than a lot of people, which is good and bad. But like one of the things that eights often struggle with is vulnerability. And so when I first learned that, when I took this test, probably like five years ago, I remember being like, you know, of course, whenever we hear something like that, our first thought is like, I don't struggle with that. Like I'm freaking good. Like I, I'm perfect. Like we all think we're God's gift to earth, which we are, but also you challenged it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I challenged it. And then I started to sit with that and I was like, wow, yeah, I actually, I, I do actually wrestle with vulnerability and really like opening myself up. And one I mean, for anyone listening that like, maybe you're listening, you're like, I don't know, do I struggle with vulnerability or do I not? One way to know if you struggle with vulnerability is when you're in conversations with people and you ask a lot of really good questions and you ask the questions over and over and over again, in a in a way that doesn't really ever allow them to ask you any questions, mm. that is a sign of lacking vulnerability because I actually used to do that because I thought, well, first of all, people like talking about themselves. So I'll just like ask them a lot of great questions. People start opening up to me, share all this awesome stuff about their life, but then I would never leave space for them to ask me anything in return. And then ultimately I would leave the, you know, let's say like a conversation with a new, a new friend or a new person I was getting to know, they would feel really close to me because they share their whole life and I wouldn't feel close to them at all. And it was like a protection mechanism to not actually get close to people. And so again, once I read more about that in the personality test around the lack of vulnerability, I started to realize where that was showing up in my life. And I challenged myself to become more vulnerable. And now, and now I've, you know, people tell me on a regular basis, they feel like I'm a, you know, we'll get more into my story and everything, but I, I, I really do try my best to be super vulnerable and peel back the layers and share everything instead of just sharing, like sharing what's easy to share at all times, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. I actually want to go back to something that you mentioned as far as, you know, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's always being vulnerable with somebody else, but with that personality test, two questions. Did you look up the personality test to figure out what it was about? And then on the other end, when you realize, okay, this is going to get to the nitty gritty about things. I feel like that's a sign of being vulnerable with yourself that you're going to uncover some wounds mm-hmm. that you never thought that you were ever probably going to step into. So I want to know like your mindset going into the personality test and then seeing snap, like, yeah, I got to be vulnerable with myself and let's really mm-hmm. take care of myself at that time. Yeah, that's a really, that's an insightful question, Brianna. I think I didn't maybe go into the personality test thinking a whole lot. Cause I think I just had some friends who were like, you should take this test. And I didn't think it was really going to be much different than other tests I had taken. Cause like before that I had taken the strength finders test, which gives you like your top five strengths. When I had taken the, the Myers-Briggs slash 16 personalities, which is the one, like I was saying earlier, for those of you who don't know, it's like four letters. So I'm an ENFJ. So this one, I think I was just like, Oh, cool. Another fun personality test. Like I always love taking like Buzzfeed personality tests and like, you know, whatever, like what's your Disney princess type or like, what's your color personality or whatever. So I always like taking personality tests. So I think I just went into it thinking cool. Another personality test. And then I didn't realize like how deep of a personality test it really was. And I think 
to that point, and this goes into confidence and, and being like, I think when you become really confident in who you are, you're actually okay with looking at yourself from a pragmatic perspective where you're able to see your strengths and you're able to really own your strengths and feel very comfortable and confident in them. And you're also able to own your lesser strengths as my husband, might call it your, you know, maybe your weaknesses, but you don't feel like triggered by them or you're not like, they don't make you feel crappy about yourself when you, when you read about them. And so I think for me, because all those other personality tests kind of just told me what I like to hear about myself, which again is good. But I think that sometimes can be a sign of insecurity. If all we need is like positive affirmation all the time. But this one actually was giving me some things I didn't like hearing, but again, with the right mindset, if I go into it with a victim mindset and I'm like, oh, well, I'm like this, you know, and I hate being like that. And, or that's not true of me. And I'm defensive. Then obviously like, I'm not really going to be vulnerable with myself to your point, like having that vulnerability to receive the feedback of the, the personality test. And the same goes for feedback from bosses at work and the feedback from spouses or significant others or friends or whoever, your family members, people who love you and care about you. Of course, like you want to get feedback from people who, you know, you respect and honor what they have to say. I don't take everyone's feedback into consideration because obviously a lot of people have feedback that they want to give that I don't believe it applies to me necessarily because I'm like, I don't respect or honor you necessarily. So I'm not sure that I I'm going to take your advice on how I can be better, you know, but if it is someone that you love and respect Mm -hmm. and they give you feedback on how to grow, it's having again, that growth mindset and being open to hearing it and not assuming that like, there's something wrong with you because they told you that you need to grow in this area Instead, see it as a gift, see it as a blessing. And like now, like one of my favorite ways of thinking about it is thinking of feedback as a gift. You know, it really is. If I can look at it in the right light, feedback is a gift, whether that feedback is in a personality test or that feedback is in a conversation with a boss, like no matter what, it's a gift when someone gives it to you again in the right context. I know some people give feedback and they're rude and they're trying to pull you down, but if it's someone who cares about you and they want the best for you and they give you feedback, looking at that and being really grateful, finding gratitude for that gift that they gave you, even if it was hard to hear, but knowing like they told you, cause they believe you can change. They believe in you enough that you're able to grow from it. And so that's a beautiful thing when you can receive that gift and then take action from there. Mm. All right. So I want to get into mindset because you said it several times and I feel I can only talk about me and my life. I am very. I want to talk about you and your life. Let's talk about yes. you. I am so defensive. Like you mentioned, your challenge. Like you challenge everything. I challenge, and I'm defensive. You cannot tell me anything wrong. I know I did it the right time, and if I'm not right, let's look it up so we can both learn. Because what we're not going to do is say Brianna, you're wrong, and leave me at the end of the conversation. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I feel like, as you mentioned, you have the mindset to take it as a gift, as okay, let me take this and receive it so I can, on the other end, grow and do better. How do you switch your mindset instead of taking it as criticism, in a sense, like you're just doing it all wrong, but changing that as a learning lesson? This is something I'm receiving. Let me take it in and just do better the next time around. I think like, first of all, I I think it's okay to say that like, if the feedback does hurt or sting a little bit, that's okay. Cause you're a human and it's normal. Like, I don't think it's super normal to like love hearing feedback of like ways to grow. So 
you know, I don't know why I'm thinking of this time. Like I remember I was in high school and I was hanging out with someone who was like, not that great of an influence on me. And some of my other friends were saying how they're like, I don't think that person's a good influence on Janelle. And so one of my friends pulled me aside and told me like, Hey, that like that gal that you keep hanging out with, I just am seeing like, blah, 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 blah. And I just don't think it's a good choice for you to be hanging out with her as much as you are. And I remember when she first told me again, I think that her first gut reaction is often like, who are you to tell me? Like, you don't know my life. Like we get, we get defensive and it hurts. Like you're kind of like it, your walls go up, you know, it's and that's kind of normal. But I think first is just giving yourself grace that if like someone gives you that feedback and it's hard to hear and it hurts and it kind of feels a little bit like a punch in the stomach, that's okay. It's okay that you feel that, you know, your emotions are valid and it's not easy to hear this stuff. So step one, acknowledge the emotions that you feel and give yourself grace for feeling like that. And then I guess for me, it's more like taking the emotion out of it is step two and look looking at it from a logical perspective. I think that's why I like journaling so much is because when I think about things up in my brain, for whatever reason, I don't know if everyone's like this or if it's just me, but things get kind of like jumbled and they kind of feel like they're you too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes like they're like floating around. I don't know. It's hard to like, I'm not like capturing them or like, I'm not able to like really like, I don't know. They're just like intangible in Mm -hmm. my brain. But then Mm -hmm. when I write them down on paper, then it becomes more tangible and I'm able to look at it and I'm able to assess it from a more, I guess I'll just say non-emotive place where I'm looking at it with logic. And so like in that circumstance, you know, it took me a little bit of time. It wasn't like an instant, like, okay, yeah, you're totally right. Like I'll make some changes on that friendship or whatever. It, at first I was like, I don't know, you know, whatever. And then later on, it's like thinking about it I'm like, okay, in what ways might she be right? In what ways might she be wrong? And kind of just like, almost like a pros cons list of the advice. Like what are the the ways that this advice could be sound? What are the ways that I think this advice maybe isn't sound? And just again, letting yourself process it almost like, I don't know, I think of like a lawyer or a detective or something like you're just looking at the facts of different circumstances. And another more recent example that comes to me is like, well, it's more recent, but still a while ago. I always think I went to college like a couple of years ago, but I graduated from college in 2014 and like Great. About a decade ago. <laughs> I was just in college. Uh, no, Janelle. No, you were not. <laughs> it sounds good when we say it out loud, though. Right, exactly. Exactly. Because I'm just so young. But in college, one of my roommates, I remember I would come home from, we'd both come home from classes or whatever. And she's like, How's your day? And I would just like tell her all about my day and be like, and tell her all the details, blah, blah, blah. And then like, I think what was happening in my mind is that I would just like expect her to like share her day back without me having to say anything, Mm -hmm. but then she wouldn't really butt in or she wouldn't just like interject. And because she wasn't interjecting, I was like, Oh, I guess she doesn't really want to talk about her day. So then I would just like go to my room or go do my own thing and kind of leave her hanging basically. But then she was always waiting on me to ask like, how was your day? And she wanted to be asked that question so that she could share it, which is super valid. But I remember the day that she you know, quote unquote, confronted me on that. Like, Hey, Janelle, have you ever noticed how, whenever I ask you how your day is, you tell me all about it, but you've never asked me how my day is. And again, when I heard that, I was like, it felt like such a punch in the stomach. And I'm like, no, I don't. Of course I ask you how, like, or this is your fault. Why don't you just tell me how it is? Why do I have to always ask you so many questions? Just mm-hmm. like, don't make me work for it. You know, just tell me. But ultimately I, I think that was like some of the best feedback I've ever gotten in my life. And that's why I'm able to look back on that as a gift. Cause I'm like, I don't want to make people feel that way. I don't want to talk so much over people and never like turn the questions around on them, especially, you know, the people that are closest to you, because I guess I'm kind of thinking about what I said a few minutes ago about how I would ask a lot of questions so that people would never get to know me. 
I think that like with my best friends, I was like oversharing maybe and like over talking and dominating our conversation. But then with people who I didn't know as well, I was doing all the question asking so they wouldn't get to know me. So that was kind of in case anyone was like, wait, I'm confused. You said this and then you said this, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that was the best feedback. I think of one of the best feedback I've ever gotten from someone and it encouraged me to be a better listener encouraged me to be more empathetic and realizing not everyone is just going to offer up information and share. If you don't ask them a a question and you don't give them the opportunity and learn how to listen. So again, I, I guess, yeah, one, it's okay. If it feels like a punch in the gut at first, it's okay that it sucks. And it's okay that you feel defensive at first Two, really try to look at their side of the story and really try to look at it from a uh, I can't, the word I'm looking for is where you're like neutral. You're like switched mm-hmm. with, like, you're not on your side. You're not on their side. Do you know the word I'm looking for? I don't, but I, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? From everybody's point of view, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think that that's how it's helped me just being able to have that really it's emotional intelligence, right. It's to be able to like take yourself in an out-of-body experience, take yourself being like, I am a therapist right now talking to two people. One is me and one is my best friend telling me I'm like not a good listener. How can I listen to what she has to say? What, how can I listen to what I have to say and figure out like, what's the truth here? And again, people who love you and they're giving you feedback, it's usually because they care about you. It's not because they like want to harm you. So if someone I love gives me feedback, I, I genuinely assume that there's some honest truth to it. And the other thing I'll say on that is it's always like, with feedback, I always ask myself if they're giving, if they're, if this is someone who lives a life that I want to trade places with. So for example, like if I'm getting marriage advice from someone, it's not to say I wouldn't take marriage advice from a single person. Of course I can take marriage advice from a single person, but it's not going to hold quite as much weight as if I'm getting marriage advice from someone who has been in a really healthy marriage for 20 years. And I still Mm -hmm. see the way that they look at each other and how they hold hands and laugh and have this connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to take their advice much more seriously than I'm going to take the advice of the single person, you know, because they have what I want in that area of my life. And the same goes with money. And my husband and I sat down with a gentleman who's a multi multi-millionaire recently. And we're asking him some good business questions and like everything that he's saying, we're like writing down the notes and we're taking action immediately. Cause like his, even though he told us literally some of the exact same advice on something that some of our other friends had told us who are also successful people, but they don't, they don't have the net worth that this gentleman has. But like when you, when you have someone who like really has what you want and you're looking at that, you know, you're like, dang, like you're wildly successful. Like I will listen to what you have to say. It's going to hold more weight. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I want to go back to what you mentioned as far as being in our own mind sometime. Mm -hmm. How do you escape the self-negative talk? Yeah, here we go. That's my favorite stuff to talk about as a confidence (laughs) coach. So y'all come follow me on TikTok or Instagram. This is the stuff I talk about like all the time. I like the most, the, the number one thing that's, I think the most important thing to do is just start to become aware of the limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what limiting, like our own limiting beliefs necessarily until we start to hear someone else processing their limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So for example, in in my book, I actually talk about how, so each chapter is a different limiting belief and it talks about the story of how that limiting belief got formed. And then I share what the truth is and it gives people perspective to be like, okay, what are the limiting beliefs that I'm struggling with? And, uh, and so like, 
a great way, a great place to start for anyone listening. I have a free workbook that actually walks you through this framework step-by-step. Step. So we can link that here in, in the show notes for the free workbook, but it basically talks about, you know, all the different ways that your limiting beliefs are showing up and how they are becoming self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm -hmm. And so again, there's just so much power in journaling because every time I have my clients do this, every time I have women do this in the workshops that I teach, women are like, wow, like that thought's been floating around my mind, but I never faced it. And I also never thought of the truth. So like an example would be like one of my own personal examples is that for a lot of years, I used to really struggle with thinking that I wasn't that smart. And so I would always think that like, I'm not smart enough. I also sometimes just thought I was like stupid. I was like, I think I'm just like the less smart, like I'm more stupid than most people in a room. And so where that limiting belief came from, if we like peel back the layers, and again, this is what's so important about sitting with these things and, and working through the framework in that workbook is thinking about like, where did that thought come from originally? Okay. Well, a, a few ideas that come to mind might be my older brother was really, really smart and he was always more like smart in school, especially. So because he was really smart in school and he got like really good grades easily to me. And as a child, a lot of times, if you're not getting as good of grades in school and someone else close to you is, then you assume that they are actually smarter than you, mm -hmm. even though I think, I mean, I would hope everyone listening would agree with this thought, but maybe not. I really believe that school doesn't actually do a good job necessarily showing someone's true IQ, you know, like you're training and it works for certain people and certain personality types and certain brains, but certain brains don't do as well. And that doesn't mean that you're not smart. It just means that the traditional school route is not training you and teaching you the way that you, your brain works. I agree with you wholeheartedly about that. And that's why I'm like, we both mentioned going to college. I will never sell college to anybody because I went to college for accounting and I'm not doing anything with accounting. Yeah, I, I would not, you know, offer up trade school. I would say, hey, go ahead and go to trade school because sometimes learning styles are different for people. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree with you when it comes to who that individual person is. That's why right. I think you got to meet people where they are at times because what we what something may work for us when it comes to learning, it may be different for somebody else. Yes, I completely agree. And so again, to all this point is like, for those of you listening, like if you have the limiting belief of like, I'm not that smart, I'm not smart enough yet or things like that, you might be, you might've formed that at a young age based on things happening in school, mm -hmm. um, told you that to be true to you at that time as a little kid, that's how you saw it. Cause you, you saw people in your class maybe like for me, like I, everyone always finished their tests way faster than I did. And I would always take till the very last minute to finish a test because I like, you know, I would, I would have to underline every word, like read, I don't know, like a reading, I'm a really slow reader. I've always been like the slowest of readers and, and that, okay. Right there. For example, I could challenge that and be like, is that a limiting belief? Or is that, is that truth? Mm -hmm. I'm a slow reader. Is that a mm -hmm. limiting belief? Or is that truth? So in that moment, I, I could be like, okay, yes, I probably could read faster. But a limiting belief, when you're reframing it, sometimes it's like you say the opposite. So the opposite of I'm a slow reader is I'm a really fast reader, but that doesn't feel true to me. That doesn't feel authentic. So that doesn't feel like the truth. Mm -hmm. But if the limiting belief, let's say the limiting belief is like, I'm a slow reader. So therefore I must not be as smart as other people. Mm -hmm. Then the truth, instead of being like, I'm a fast reader. Therefore I'm as smart as everyone else. That doesn't feel authentic because I still enjoy slow reading. So uh, the way I would reframe it is while I am a slower reader than others, I retain information at a much higher percentage than other people who are reading. And that's my superpower or something like that. So you're actually turning your 
limiting belief into a superpower and realize like leveraging the asset within it. So this happened recently in a speaking agent where someone said, okay, my, my limiting belief is that like, I'm the newest person on the team and everyone else has 10 years experience than me. So like they are, you know, whatever, they're further along than me and they're more successful than me. And so they're like, how do I reframe that? Cause again, sometimes with the limiting beliefs, you can literally just take the opposite and say the exact opposite. And that's the truth. And you just start to re- rewire your brain with that. And we'll talk more about that in a second, but sometimes you actually need to leverage the, the truth is like for that woman, in that example, yes, you actually, actually is the newest person on our team. Yes. She actually has 10 years less experience than everyone else on our team. So we can't just like lie to her and be like, just start repeating. I have 10 more experiences than I actually have, you know, like mm-hmm. no, our brain is going to be like, that's literally a lie. Right. But what we can do is we can reframe and leverage the superpower, which is while I might be the newest person on the team, I add a fresh perspective exactly. to this team and I'm bringing in, you know, whatever, like bringing in your assets. So say this person's strengths are that she is an executor, you know, and that she's great at communication. So then I would say for her to say like, A, she has the fresh perspective. She's adding new things because of that fresh perspective. And, and B, ultimately she has her communication that she brings to the table. She has her activator that brings to the table. So focusing on the strengths that you do bring to the table and not focusing on the lack of experience. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Cause I would have never thought that because <laughs> it's something I wouldn't say it's a negative self-talk thing, but I do, I'm in my head a lot of times so just those tips there just okay what can I do just to switch this around I think that is really really good because I never would have thought to change it to my superpower Mm. and again writing it on paper because I think there's just then you're like literally looking at it and I think this sentence I was starting to say earlier that I might not have finished because I get so passionate sometimes I'm like run on sentences here but like if you write it down it loses a lot of its power And so facing it had like, I've had so many clients who've been like, I've had this thought swirling around in my head, kind of in the subconscious mind, which 95% of our mind is a subconscious mind. So we have so much subconscious stuff going on. And so it's been swirling around just in the very back of my head. Never really like, you don't even really think about it. It's just like, it's so distant in the back of your brain and you just hear it really quickly. And then it's gone and you hear really quickly again, and then it's gone. So they're very subconscious things that we're not, they're not really in the forefront of our mind, but the second we write it out, it's at the front of our mind. And then a lot of times, like it loses its power because you realize you're like, that's literally not even true. Like, I don't, why am I saying that to myself? Or why am I thinking that thought that's not even accurate? So yeah, write down that limiting belief or write down the negative self-talk and then write out the truth and whether the truth is the exact opposite or the truth is leveraging a superpower that that's really, I think the first step to learning that self-talk and you become more and more aware of the thoughts going on in your mind when you write it down. Mm. So you mentioned your book, Flex Your Confidence Muscle. How did it come about? The inspiration, the motivation? Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, I always thought that I was going to write a book. Well, my always, I shouldn't say that. My like the my transformation story, obviously, everyone who I believe, everyone who is successful comes from something that was like painful or not successful. And then they use that. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's why they become so passionate about it. So for me, I wasn't confident for so many years and I had so much negative self-talk and I told myself, like, I don't belong in, in, and it really, every room I would walk into, I'd be like, I don't really belong here. And it was very, it was actually an interesting, like egotistical thing, because in some ways I thought I was better than everyone else. So sometimes I'd walk into rooms and be like, 
I'm the best person in this room. Like I'm the hottest person. I'm the smart, like, and I would try to like over elevate myself. And then the next moment I'd be like, I'm a piece of crap. I just want to disappear. I don't want to be alive anymore. Like thoughts like that. And so that's kind of like, again, if you're, whenever someone's, you know, like really, really, really overly not even confident, but they're cocky. That's when I know that they're, it's, there is a huge difference for sure. And cockiness is, is rooted in insecurity because it's still the ego feeling the need to inflate and flex to be better than other people. Instead of like, when you truly walk into an abundant confidence, you see your assets, you see your strengths and you see how incredible you are, but it's not at the, at the risk or it's not at the detriment of someone else. It's not taking away away from someone else's awesomeness. And so when you're truly confident, you can see like you fall more in love with yourself, but you also far more in love, fall more in love with humankind and every individual that you meet, because you're like, wow, like you're so interesting. Wow. You have so many strengths. Like I meet people and I'm immediately looking for strengths in them. I'm immediately thinking like, wow, what makes this person so interesting? And and what's their story? And because I care about my story and I care about my strengths and I see that stuff in myself and I see it for other people. So it's like a win-win of abundance as opposed to feeling like we have to compete against each other. One of us is the winner. One of us is the loser. One of us is more fit. The other person isn't as fit. One of us is smarter. One of us is dumber. Like that's insecurity is when you have to constantly compare and figure out who is the winner between the two people or in a group of people, but true abundance, like you release that comparison. So anyway, I digress, but that's kind of my story is that I really transformed by having a mindset where I like really struggle with negative self-talk, even though again, like no one would know. And that's, what's so crazy about, you know, a lot of times this internal dialogue or dark thoughts or negative thoughts, like a lot of times, some of the happiest people on earth are wrestling with this, but they look like they're doing so great on the outside. And that was totally me. Like I was like, I'm extroverted. I'm the life of the party. Like, but little did everyone know that I was going home, laying underneath my bed in the fetal position, crying myself to sleep, thinking about taking my life, you know, but no one knows that because I'm putting on a mask when I go out into public like that. And so you just never know, like, who, who's actually wrestling with negative self-talk because some of the most beautiful, like speaking to women here, but some of the most beautiful women who look the most put together on the outside are sometimes the people who are wrestling the most on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that was totally me. That was, that was me. And so going through that transformation and, you know, like coming to my really like a big shift for me from a faith perspective was like, like changing how I thought about God and how I thought that God saw me. And so like, when I started to think about like, I used to really feel like God was like a mean God. And I would really wrestle with like, basically just like almost like a fire and brimstone type God, which there, I mean, this is a whole discussion in and of itself, but there's, you know, there's truth and there's grace. Yes. And I would really pretty much just think about truth. Like I was like, no grace, just truth, you know, like, so, you know, it's all very black and white and there's no room for error. And all those types of things. And so I think like anytime I'd mess up or whatever, like it was just thinking like I would go to church and and like, if I was at church, a lot of times my tears were coming from a place of like, if I'm being honest, I, it was like guilt or shame almost mm-hmm. more than it was like love, you know? And whenever people really talk about like, God loves you. Like I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. But like that, like never really like resonated to me that like God is for you. Right. God wants you to win. Mm-hmm. You are winning actually points people to God. I just had so many limiting beliefs around God and even like m- God and success and money. Like I was like, okay, like God wants me to be 
you know, broke, like God wants me not to have too much money because, you know, money will make me a greedy, horrible human. And, mm-hmm. and so, I, I mean, again, that's like a whole other podcast, but you know, you know what I'm saying, Brianna? Yeah, because <laughs> I talk to people about these boards and these goals and all this other stuff. And they're like, oh, I want to be a millionaire and God's going to bless me with this, this and that. And I'd be looking like, is that the journey that God wants you on? <laughs> I mean, everybody wants certain things and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves mm, and yeah. we don't really need that. And I think that's what I'm getting from what you're saying right now, as far as grace, like I'm okay with where I'm at right now. My bills mm. are paid. Life is good. I have family that loves me. I have friends that support me. So a lot of times growing up, I always thought, okay, you know, lights are off. This is going on. This is going on. Is this going to be the end? All the things. Mm. But I'm used, like you say, a superpower to maneuver better in certain areas to where, okay, even though that did happen, let me figure out, okay, that happened. How can I do things better in a situation to give myself grace, give my parents grace, give mm. family grace to wow. go ahead and move forward and say, okay, this is what happened, but this can also happen too. And I don't have to have all these extravagant things. That's what the media shows us. You know, we got to have what this person got. We got to have pump lips. We got to have big breasts. We got to have the BBL. We got to do this to be successful. And who let, like, I don't understand why is that the bubble of success? Why can't success Mm. be for me and my natural hair showing up with no makeup to go to a meeting? Like, that's what I feel is grace. Not living up to these other standards and these limits that people put us on, but just being okay with showing up and like I'm happy God has woken me up today and I'm just gonna fulfill what he has for me today wow so good I love that come on I'm like is that all come on keep the fire coming I'm like I'm here for it we talked about before we started recording I know (laughs) Uh, yeah I definitely agree with everything that you're saying and I think like for me with with the I guess my shift in my mindset around God was like, the truth was more like needing to do all these things that were kind of like to make you be a better Christian. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I better go to church every Sunday. I better like listen to Christian music. I better, I don't read my Bible every day. Like it was just kind of like this big, like check. It basically just kind of made Christianity to be like this big checklist instead of like sitting in the presence of God with, you know, maybe no music on and maybe no Bible and like, not in church, but you're just literally sitting on your couch, like asking the Holy spirit to move through you and to feel the Holy spirit and to feel like the power and love and grace of the Holy spirit. And so for me, like I just went through a really big deliverance process and I talk in, in a lot of depth in my book about the deliverance that I went through. And my book isn't like for anyone's listening, who's like, doesn't believe in God or whatever, like also welcome. Like we're, I'm not like assuming that everyone here is believes in God or a higher power, even like whatever you believe in. I am so respectful and like always want to open the door of conversation around like why we believe what we believe in and just being able to be respectful of both sides. Right. It's not like, I'm not going to come at it. Like I'm right. And you're wrong. It's like, let's just have a conversation and like 
share how we feel. You know, that's, that's, what's so beautiful about free speech. And that's what's beautiful about America. Like we are allowed to have free speech around this. And all I go to say, my book is not like a Christian book. Cause I speak for, I speak for a mostly tech company. So I speak for companies like Pinterest, Cisco, McAfee. And so this book is to give to women after, you know, after the speaking agents or whatever. I mean, it's, it's for everyone, but I'm just saying like, I didn't write it to be like a Christian book, but you asked me, like a while ago. And I went on a whole tangent, how I wrote the book. Well, first, number one, I had a huge transformation. So that was like, what made me think, okay, I didn't always think I was going to write a book. I did say that, but I didn't always think that. Cause I used to not think I was worth very much, but once I had my, my shift and got delivered from a lot of thought patterns that were no longer, you know, serving me that were no longer in alignment with really, they just, they're not even, I don't even like to say no longer serving. Like they were just the enemy coming against me, if I'm being right. honest, mm-hmm. uh, that's the real truth. <laughs> I, I can try to use other lingo, but really that's just like, not even, doesn't even do it justice. And so, yeah, going through that and then starting my company next level confident five years ago. And then that, from that moment on starting my company, I always thought one day I'll write a book, you know, but I kept putting it in the future more and more and more. Like I'd be like, okay, one day I'll write a book. One day I'll write a book. One day when I'm more successful, I'll write a book. And so again, kind of coming back to the limiting beliefs, it's so interesting how we do that to ourselves of like, oh, I'm not successful enough to do X, Y, and Z. I have to wait till this happens before I can do that. And what's so ironic about that is then it's like, often we're putting off the things that would actually allow us to be more successful because we think when I'm successful, I'll do that. But then we keep on getting more successful. You know what I mean? So it's like this like loop that we keep ourselves in. And so for me, I kind of like in my, in my morning routines, I'd be like sitting on the couch, with the Bible with God. And I would like, sometimes just like hear the whisper that was like, what if you wrote your book today? What if you started it today? And I'd be like, no, that's okay. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I don't have time for that. And also at that time I was kind of like learning how to release my company instead of being so like obsessed with it and being so like needing it to be like growing, kind of like what you were just saying a little bit ago, like not needing to be so like gripping around the growth of the company. So I was kind of like, no, the book, that's just probably like myself being like selfish and wanting to write it. Or maybe that's, I don't know. I just kept like, I kept creating like different excuses and saying why it wasn't a good time and why I actually don't want to write the book. And so I actually went on a trip to Miami with a group of girlfriends and it was one of the gals bachelorette parties, but she's also like a strong Christian. So a different type of bachelorette party. We're not like going to strip clubs or something like that, you know, <laughs> but um, just some nice bougie dinners and the glass of wine, all that good stuff. But so it was at actually one of the breakfasts one day that one of the gals who I had just met the day before at this trip, she heard I was having a conversation and she's super prophetic. And she was like, God just told me that you're supposed to write a book. Mm. And like, right when she said it, I started crying Mm -hmm. like immediate, the emotion just like washed over me. And like, you know, that's when, you know, the Holy spirit's moving is like, usually it's like the things you don't necessarily want to do, but right. When you like, if you get a word about it or you keep getting that confirmation, you feel like emotion just like welling up inside of you. Cause you're like, Oh, like it just, you just know, like, there's just like a knowing inside of you. That's it's hard to really like even put into words, but she said that. And I was like, still thinking in the back of my head, like, I still don't want to do it. Like, I still don't want to write this book. I'm still not ready. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not making enough money yet. I'm not successful enough yet. I need more followers on Instagram or I need more TikTok followers or I need more, I don't know, employees. Like I, I, I just like would think about all the reasons why I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't good enough yet. And, and that confirmation was kind of like the final, like, I guess almost like 
hit in the face or something, (laughs) slap of the face of like, you need to do this. And so I, the first chapter is actually me sharing all of my objections as to why I didn't feel like I was qualified to write the book. And then like that kind of kicks off, like how we stop ourselves from doing things because we think we're not good enough yet and our limiting beliefs. And so, yeah, the whole book just walks through like different limiting beliefs and and there's journaling, there's journaling and different like action steps to take, like different videos to watch or different, like even like songs to listen to, like my favorite song is in there, which is, I don't know if you've heard this song, Rihanna, but it's called Rejoice. And it's by, it's TD Jakes is like preaching in the background, but then it's like Steve Angelo, which is like a, we'll have to link this song below. It's such a good song, but it's, it's like, it's like a dubstep type song, but it's got TD Jakes, like basically like preaching in the background and it's just hype. It's so lit. And like, it's like, there's people begging God for the opportunity that you have right now. They're in the hospital begging God for your life right now. And I'm like, I just get like chills every time I listen to it. So anyway, the book has like journaling and songs to listen to and podcasts and all these things. Cause I always want there to be like action steps too. So yeah, then I wrote the book. I did like a 30 day challenge where I wrote the book every day for 30 days and I wouldn't let myself make a single edit. And like, so that way I wouldn't get like really perfectionistic with it. And so I would write for one hour a day. I would set a timer one hour. And it was like a negotiable I had to write for that hour and there were definitely times because I was really dragging my feet where it'd be like 5 p.m and my husband and I would need to leave for something like at 6 10 and I'm like I haven't done my writing yet today I'm like Janelle you made this promise to yourself I got to like bully myself into doing it I'm like turn on the timer start writing I'm like okay I can do this I'm not feeling inspired okay I can do this you know and and so it's it's definitely not a super cute process always like you don't just write when the inspiration hits you kind of just have to like force yourself to do it sometimes Mm -hmm. and then I hired a publisher that really helped me like after I wrote the whole thing they helped me go through and like make all the edits and you know the stuff that wasn't making sense and kind of put the chapters into place and everything like that and so yeah. If anyone listening is like, wants to write a book, I, you can feel free to message me and I can give you like kind of all the different tips and steps and stuff that I use that help me write the book. I absolutely love that. I mean, you're giving so many gems. I am so excited. This is so <laughs> you. So I do have a special segment. I think this is a really good, like I mentioned, you are giving a lot of gems. So this is a special segment where it's pretty much peaks and valleys, highs and lows, however people say it. So I want to start with a high. I know we have the amazing book, but I also want to talk about other things that may have happened in your life. If it's business, purpose, personal, whatever the case may be, to where you was a high five, you did it, Janelle, pat on the back, whatever the case may be. Mm. So other than my business, because I feel like I've talked about my business like pretty much the whole time and I'm like, next level confident is my baby. So I could talk about business all the time, but thinking personally, one of the things I'm the most proudest of in my life, and this is so obscure, but I dated the same guy for six years and he was like, not my person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I was wrestling with a lot of limiting beliefs, I kept staying with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a great human being. I like, he's a great person. There's nothing wrong with him. I just knew that he was not my person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because he was such a great person, it was like, it could be really easy just to stay with someone like that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after again, like I, y'all, y'all have to read my book to read about my whole like deliverance night and my, I had a whole lie about dying in a car accident. You'll have, you'll just have to read the book to really understand all this. Mm-hmm. But after I broke free from that lie, it was delivered from it. I like woke up to my life and I stopped living mediocre and I stopped settling in any area of my life. And that was when I 
broke up with that boyfriend of six years. And it like, I high five myself thinking about that because I know so many women that stay with a guy who's really nice and he's a good person. So it's not that he's like, you know, necessarily like cheating on her or like, cause those, are, I think sometimes it's easier if someone cheats on you or if they're, you know, God forbid, but like physically abusing it's a, sometimes could be easier to walk away. Cause there's something horrible happening. Mm-hmm. Although even then I know it can be really hard too. So I, I don't want to be insensitive to that, especially if you're with someone who's good, but not great or not even the right person for you. It's so easy. And I watch so many people just get married to that person and live their life with that person. Cause they think, well, this must be as good as it gets, you know, like it's not that bad better than a lot of my friends, whatever, like they can use their other. And that was how I was for a long time. So anyway, walking away from him and then like trusting God for the man of my dreams. I just like, I really held out and I had like lists of everything I was believing for. I was like praying, I was writing letters to my future husband. And I had so many friends, even my sweet mom, everyone telling me that while they are praying for me and hoping the best for me, they would tell me, you know, you're probably too picky, Janelle. Like you probably can't have everything that you want. Mm-hmm. Like the, your lists are too long, you know, and it it might just be different than you think. Mm-hmm. And I personally hate that advice. And so I challenged full circle, the challenger challenged that. And I was like, oh, you better believe that I will be waiting for that person. Mm-hmm. And so when I met my husband and I have like this crazy journey where we like, we met on Instagram through mutual friends. We follow each other on Instagram for six months. Then we met in person the day we met, like we or the day we went on our first date, I should say, and he was in Colorado and I was in California. We went on one date. And then like from that date, it was like, so are you moving to Colorado or am I moving to California? Like we just knew like instantly within literally like hours that we were like the right fit for each other. And so, yeah, we got engaged six months later and then we got married six months after that. And like, we've been married for over three years now. And we're still like, every day we're like, pinch me. Like, this is incredible. Marriage is amazing. Like God is so good. Like we just absolutely freaking love marriage. And uh, it's just such a miracle story. Cause I'm like, if I hadn't been willing to walk away from good, then like God could have never provided the miracle man that's in my life. And so I just want to share that with people in case you're like settling into either a relationship or it could be a career or it could be even friendships or something that just feel like you can just feel that there it's not really like the right fit for you. And it's not really good. And it's not really like miraculous that God has miracles in store. And so don't settle until your miracle comes. I absolutely love that. I mean, that was a full testimony. Somebody's going to, I mean, if it's not everybody, <laughs> somebody's going to receive that. <laughs> yes. Receive that. <laughs> Please. So, cause that's like a whole nother podcast. Too. I, I know like round two, <laughs> but I'm going to go and move forward. <laughs> so on the other spectrum, what is something that was a learning lesson? I know a lot of people don't like to say mistakes and failures and things of that nature. So I'm going to label it as a life lesson to where you kind of question, is the right path for me? Should I continue with this business? Should I continue to write this book? Anything that was just questionable on your journey, and then you toss that, change your mindset, and then you continue to push forward. Yeah. Well, again, I feel like my business every day is, is still that, you know, like as an entrepreneur, a lot of times it's still like, am I making the right choice being an entrepreneur? And maybe I should just go get like a quote unquote safe job, like at a corp at a corporation, which, you know, there's no really such thing as job security. No, even if you do work for a company. So it's kind of a false Absolutely. illusion anyway, you know, mm-hmm. 
But so I think definitely my business, there's still times of that. And my husband calls them like my monthly entrepreneurial breakdowns, which it's probably about once a month. So it coincides with something else that's once a month. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I receive it. But other than that, I think the other big one was like when I moved from Colorado to California. So I guess, cause you all just heard me say that, like my husband was in Colorado. We met through mutual friends that were not in Colorado. So we both lived in Colorado, but we never knew each other. I moved to California all by myself. And then a few years after I moved to California, I met some people who introduced me to a guy on Instagram who lived in Colorado. So it's just very mm-hmm. funny and ironic. But that said, when I moved to California, I moved here completely by myself, you know, very single, didn't know my, per- that my now husband. And when I moved here, I had like a couple thousand dollars in my bank account. I didn't have a job. I had been working at a tech company in Colorado from 22 to 24. And it was like paying me pretty well. I paid off my student loans. Like I was very comfortable, but then like I moved here and I kind of like had to take some steps backwards because I decided to change my, well, cause kind of like you, I got a degree in hospitality management, a minor in business, thought I was going to be like an event planner. And literally immediately after I graduated, like never used that because I went and worked in tech right after that. And then I became a personal trainer when I first moved to California five years ago. And so moving to California was probably like one of the hardest things I've ever done because I, I definitely like when I moved here, I think obviously not really having a job and then also deciding to change career paths of like, okay, I've been working in tech. And prior to that, my degree is really to be like an event planner. I don't want to do event planning. And I also don't want to be in tech anymore. And then I was like, I think I want to be a personal trainer. So I became a personal trainer, but I was working like three different jobs to try to make ends meet. And I was still going into debt further and further into debt because California is obviously can be expensive. And, and then like, I just remember like crying in my car a lot and like, and like, I didn't have any friends. I met some random roommates who became really good friends, but I met them like through a church website online. So I moved in with two rando girls that I never met until the day we moved in together. So it was just all new, you know, it was like, I didn't know I would be in like grocery stores. This is so weird. I would like see people from back home in Colorado that I'd be like thinking it was them. I like go to wave or whatever. And then like, you realize like, oh, I'm in California. I'm not in Colorado. So like, that's not Steve or whatever. Like, so there's no need to wave at that person, but like your brain almost like is longing so much to find familiarity and like, is longing to like see people, you know, or to find community. And so I just remember that time, like the first like six months, especially were so hard. And I was like, why did I move here? Like, why did I think this was a good idea? My family's back home. My success is back home. I'm like broker than I've ever been. I'm like more lonely than I've ever been because my friends are all back home. And so I just remember feeling like really, really, really low. And again, I just remember like, I actually have a, I, this is such a vivid memory in my mind, but I was driving, I think I was on like the 805 for anyone who lives in San Diego. And I remember crying so hard that I was like, I probably should pull over. Cause I like actually might get in a car accident right now because I'm like uncontrollably sobbing of like how much I basically like, hate my life and hate being here. And I remember right then I saw, I saw a shooting star while I was driving. And I haven't seen that many shooting stars in my life, really, especially in random moments like that. And I just really took it as like a sign from God that it was going to be okay. But even like when you have signs of things are going to be okay, it's still like can be so hard during it. And so that was, yeah, I think moving here by myself was like the hardest thing I've ever, ever done. And it took time to build, you know, like I'm a deep person and I like to go deep really quick, but not everyone likes that. So you know, sometimes it's hard to like really feel close to people. You have all these like awkward, even just trying to find girlfriends, you're like having kind of like awkward 
first dates practically with different gals that you're trying to like befriend. And you're like, so what do you like to do? You know, you're just kind of having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I was like church shopping, going to all these random Bible studies and like meeting all these people, but then feeling so disconnected still. And then like, yeah, I was like working at a gym and it was like, I, I actually failed numerous times trying to become a trainer there. And they kept saying no to me until I finally quit and went somewhere else. Cause I was like, well, if you're not going to take me, I'm going to go somewhere that will. And so, yeah, I just know that being like a really low time, but yeah, again, now I'm like so grateful. Cause now I, I still do live in San Diego and I love it here. And when I like go for walks on the ocean, I'm just like, this is what I always dreamed of. Like I always dreamed of being able to walk on the ocean. Like anytime I wanted, I always dreamed of living somewhere where I could have like no snow <laughs> unless I wanted to go see the snow or whatever, but I like not having snow. I like just the lifestyle here. I love the drive here. I love the entrepreneurs here. I love that. It's like people that come to places like San Diego and, and I'm sure probably the same as for Dallas as well, but it's like very driven people. And, but also they know how to have like a good time and like relax and enjoy the outdoors. Cause for me, like, that's why I wouldn't want to necessarily, I know that that can be found no matter where you go. Of course, like you'll always attract the type of people that like similar to how you are. So that's why it's so important to work on yourself because your external world is always just a reflection of your internal world. I know. That's what I was like. <laughs> I see what you do there. So no matter where you go, you can find amazing people and amazing experiences and everything. But I do feel like LA, San Francisco, New York, certain places like that are, are a lot more hustle and a lot less like just enjoying life. So I just love San Diego because it's like the perfect balance for me of both things of enjoying life, but also loving to, you know, work on business and be successful. So yeah, now it's like, now this is my home. And I, I never, like, I honestly never see myself leaving my husband. And I, God brought us our dream miracle home off market this year during like the height of every crazy housing market. And we got to renovate it. And we're going to, we have like all this real estate plans. We're like going to buy our next property, start building our real estate portfolio, like all that kind of stuff. But I just like love being in San Diego and now it makes so much sense. And everything that's happened is because I moved to San Diego. It was like my first big leap of faith. And then everything else came from there. So yeah, now, now I'm really grateful, but it was definitely a rock bottom for a solid, like six to 12 months there, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you have shared so many testimonies today. I'm scared to ask this next question. I mean, <laughs> Mostly because I'll just talk it all, I talk your ear. I'll be like, oh, I'll just ask another question. We'll go for another 20 minutes. You are so good. This is so great. Okay. So we are getting close to wrapping it up. If you have one free advice for somebody that's listening, if it's a little boy, a little girl, where they can just execute right now, tomorrow, just with one advice you have for them today. Yeah. I mean, my first thing is like, I really do believe in the limiting beliefs and truth exercise that's in the workbook that's linked. And that's totally free. You don't have to spend any money for that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm like, that's to me, the number one thing to do is sit and go journal with yourself because podcasting is amazing. And like listening to people sharing their advice, but ultimately you need to learn how to get in tune with your own mindset and in tune with your own thoughts. So like, I used to be a person who was just constantly listening to podcasts. Cause I was kind of like afraid to sit with my own thoughts and the biggest growth for me was when I learned actually how to listen to podcasts a little bit less and spend more of that time in silence and more of that time in reflection and journaling and like thinking about my own thoughts. And so that's kind of, I mean, cause it all comes back down. Like confidence is all about self-trust and like really trusting yourself. And so if you're always listening to, you know, Brianna and me and whatever your next podcast is and all those things, then you're never actually going to learn your own voice. You're never going to learn your own 
thought patterns and your story and like to sit with yourself and to be with yourself. So I would say if I could just encourage you to do anything, it's just like, take yourself out to a coffee, take yourself out to a date and ask yourself some questions, you know, really get to know yourself. That was amazing. That was great. Yay. (laughs) So tell the people how they can buy your book. If they want to set a meeting with you, speaking engagements, whatever that may look like, how can people find you and what's upcoming for you? Yeah. So you can buy my book on Amazon. Again, it's called Flex Your Confidence Muscle. The paperback is $17.99. And then the hardback is hardback, hardcover. Still learning book terms really over here. The hardcover is $23.99, or you can get it on Kindle, which like everyone always thinks you have to actually have a Kindle to buy a Kindle something, but just a little insider scoop for any book, not just, not just mine, but you can buy a Kindle and then read it on your iPhone or on your computer. It just means that like you have to download the Kindle app. So anyway, the Kindle copy is $9.99 if you want to go that route. And yeah, for speaking engagements, you can go to my website, nextlevelconfident.com. And then we can talk about how, you know, I can partner with you or your company to come in and be able to host the confidence workshop. And what's coming next for me is actually speaking of courses, I am launching confident life Academy, which is taking all of the work I've done over the last five years with over a hundred one-on-one coaching clients. And I'm putting it all into a framework. So it's taken me months and months and months of like hard. I don't want to say hard work because I kind of hate that word, but just really pouring my heart and soul into it to really like make it everything that it is. And so confident life Academy is coming out in January and I'm really excited about that. But otherwise I just want to hear from you all, you know, like aside from my book or anything like that, it's like, I just would love for you to come, you know, join the community. I'm on Instagram and TikTok, Janelle and a. I'm sure we all linked below. So I would just love to connect with you all. And if something like stood out from the, from this episode, or if you're like committed to something like, okay, I'm going to go do that journaling. Like, I feel like it always is good to like reach out to someone and let them know once you did it. So if you want a little extra accountability, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know once you've done your journaling or once you took yourself out on that date and sat with your thoughts, because I would love to hear how that went for you. I am just so happy right now, Janelle. Oh, me too, Brianna. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. I'll leave it off with a motivational moment. And it's usually a Bible verse, a quote, anything of that nature that just come to me and I share it on here. I share my thoughts. You share your thoughts. And it's a wrap. So I want to do things a little different because we've talked about God. We talked about the Bible. We talked about a lot of different things. So I want to know what is a Bible verse that like your go-to Bible verse? Mm, that's a really good one. The one I've always like gone to for a really long time is I'm like, also I'm like, oh gosh, right on the moment, I'm going to say it right. But I think it's second Corinthians 12, nine. And it's um my, it's something like, again, this like paraphrasing probably a little here because Bible memorization isn't my best thing, but, but it's something like my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power will reside in me. So I really love that one. Cause it's like, reminds me that when I am weak, that that's actually cool. And that's good for me to experience that weakness. Cause then it like, it leaves room for God. And then a lot of what I've been really studying lately is the Holy spirit and like what Jesus actually says about like asking things. And I actually put this one on my Instagram story today. So I'm going to pull it up here really quick. But, and I, and I wrote, I was like, the Bible is the, the ultimate personal development. Like the OG of personal development was the Bible. Like all personal development comes from the Bible ultimately, because this was written, you know, over 2000 years ago. And like, 
the Bible is personal development before it ever even like existed. So this verse is Mark eleven twenty two, and it says, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Mm. And I just Absolutely. love that because I, I feel like I used to like hear that and be like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, mountains moving, whatever. But now like I'm taking the verses a lot more literally and I'm like, like literally we can ask God for anything. Like you can ask God for him to scale your business. You can ask God for your miracle person. You can ask God for your miracle house. You can ask God for any miracle in your life. Like Jesus actually loves performing miracles Mm -hmm. and miracles still happen today. So like, why are we pretending like the Bible, like healing? Like if you have a physical, if you need physical healing, like physical healing was not just a thing in the Bible, like physical healing is still happening today. There are still people who are being healed physically right now. And Mm -hmm. so you can pray for anything in Jesus's name. And if you believe that it's going to happen, it will happen. And I think that's like mind blowing to wrap my mind around, but that's what I'm like really stepping into right now. And I just want to add one more thing in the Bible. I don't know. I'm just like you. I verses and things of that nature. (laughs) I just go off of memory, but it may be around the verse that you mentioned where you just have to have the faith, the size of a mustard seed. Yes. As I am getting older, I am really taking that in to just really understand it's all about faith. Mm. Like a lot of time people just use words just to use words. And I'm just being more intentional on how I use my words, because I want to make sure like I have complete faith and that goes with confidence too. how, you know, we're wrapping up everything right now. Yeah, It's just having confidence that the things that I'm praying for, the things that I'm talking about, the things that I'm working towards in Jesus to know that you said this is going to happen. So you're giving me this vision. You're giving me these ideas, Lord, and you're not doing it for no reason. I may have a lot of stress that may come my way with the situation, but of course, in the Bible, it also says you're not going to give me more than I can bear. Yeah. So a lot of those things, I remind myself that I have to be confident in God. I have to know that these things that come to me are not just for fluff. It's for mm-hmm. intentions, for the vision to come to fruition. A lot of people talk about manifest manifestation, but I believe in God that where he, I pray for something and he puts it into fruition to where it's going to come true. So I digress. So good. Come on. (laughs) I told you I could talk about this all day, but I really take from this whole entire conversation is just having confidence in every layer that you're in in life. If it's business, relationships to be, you know, tapped into a little bit, we really have to have the confidence and give it to God to know that things are going to be okay. Even though it may not look like that to sight, like you mentioned when you were in California, initially it was like, oh, there's a lot of things going on, but look where you are today. So a lot of times we just have to have confidence in knowing that things are either going to get better or this is where I need to be, you know, just having that confidence that this is how things are going to be and things are going to get better and we're just going to be amazing. So thank yeah. you so much. The best is yet to come. The best Absolutely. is yet to come. Absolutely. Love it. Well, did you have any last things? No, I just, I'm thankful for you, Brianna. Thank you for having me on your incredible show and being an amazing host and Thank you to every single person who's listening right now. We really appreciate you taking time out of your 
you know, busy schedule to, to listen to this. I know you have like a thousand other things you could be doing right now. So if you're still listening right now, you know, after this entire conversation, we just thank you. Thank you for being here and be proud of yourself for making this time for your growth and go journal now. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, if you're listening to this morning, noon, evening, or night, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next time. Hey guys, for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at what's good podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see and I can also respond back to you guys let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates thank you have a good one